Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. Hello. Hola, amigo. Amigo. Welcome. It's Rat O'Clock. All right. It is. It is. It's, it's Rat it... Comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> and McBean. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. How the fuck are you, man? We go by the book here. By book. <laughs> by book. Oh, uh, dude. Oh, dude. Fuck are you? Yeah, man. Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just um, wrap, before we get into this week's blockbuster episode, um, I just want to make a quick mention. I just read Nightwing 100. How fucking good was that? Seriously. Now, you know me, Jake. I don't normally buy Nightwing as part of my regular reading, but I was all kinds of curious there was something about this issue that just drew me to it. And I went, I feel like this is going to be special. Well, fuck me if this wasn't a special in the word special, if ever there was special. This is a fucking special read. It's an hey, exceptional how read. How fucking good was it? How man, good was it? Man, Tom, Tom Taylor, you get the Italian chef's kiss on both cheeks, mate. Oh, dude, fucking, right? Oh. My God! That... I actually, I, I actually got two copies. I got the regular version, and my comic shop, God bless them, mm. uh, also got me the Jim Lee cover. That's amazing, dude. Because the 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 fucking thing sold out now. Um, well, yeah, dude, that Jim Lee cover. Uh, that Jim Lee cover's getting framed and going up on my wall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, it's. Uh, I, a part of me is regretting that I didn't pick up from issue 73 on for Tom Taylor's run. But, dude, just reading it, it's such a special read, dude. Such a great issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's been a great run. And it's really I, – I think the thing I love about it is just how just perfectly he gets Dick Grayson as a character. Um, it, it's and like that he truly interaction, understands it. Yeah, dude, that interaction between him and Bruce at Alfred's <sighs> gravesite wow. in issue 100 was just, like, fucking beautiful. I think that was the most memorable part for me. Like, I mean, the whole the whole issue is flawless from start to finish, but that that conversation between him and Bruce Wayne at the grave of Alfred is just, man, it's emotional. It's really... Yeah, dude, it's, it's something else. It really <sighs> is. And... Just the way the the story flows, man. The the beats in this story are just brilliant. It's it's well written. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, I love that sequence about taking the leap, and we just see yeah. page after page of Nightwing through the through the eras. Mm. It's brilliant, brilliant. Just all the different costumes. Um, before he lands on the ground, it's just like, wow, <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, man, I just, I, I really just, I think I really love that Tom Taylor has just really captured how hopeful Dick Grayson is as a character. And I don't know, man, maybe, maybe I'm just getting to be a, a no. sentimental old man, but I just think that there's something, that's something we need more of. I think so too, dude. We need these kind of characters, we need a bit more of these hope-inspired characters in, you know, in our comic reading. And I I feel like something special is starting to shift and happen in the DC universe as we speak. Um, and I think Nightwing is right at the forefront of it as, as you find out in the conclusion of this issue 100, it's just, yeah. Um, it's basically the dawn of a new age. Mm. Um, well, I also, amazing. I also, um, I also, speaking of DC stuff, I also uh, caught up on 
uh, all things Superman this week uh, with Action Ten Fifty One. Yes, I read that. Was, I got that too. Yeah, that was a really good read, man. I really dug it. it. Yep, it was an amazing read. Um, again, you know, this is a title that I know normally collect as Action Comics, but I got. 1050 for nostalgic reasons and then i got 1051 because i just fell in love with the cover art and um the story itself is fucking compelling dude i love it yeah man it's it was really good it was really really cool um mm. yeah well oh fuck what I've, I've read so much stuff this week it's just been crazy um same dude it's yeah, been it's I, been I've, good i've caught up on uh spider-man stuff which mm-hmm. has been interesting mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm curious to see where this whole dark web thing is going. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know much about it, but it, yeah, it's just the latest in a, you know, all the fucking cataclysmic yeah. events. Yeah. Well, it's sort of a partial sequel to Inferno, the uh, classic sort of X-Men event yeah. of the eighties. And, um, you know, it's sort of following on a bit of the uh, whole Ben Riley stuff from Spider-Man Beyond and uh, sort of following up on that. So I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes, because I mm. do like Ben Riley as a character. So Yeah. And and reading uh, Rogue Son as well, it's always fun. Um, oh, dude, that's such a great read, isn't it? Yeah, it's good fun, dude. It's You know, speaking of these characters about hope and everything, it's, um, it's exciting, dude. And, yeah, I, I just feel like we need more of that shit. We need to go back to that, the simplicity of what what made us want to read comic books as kids. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Totally. We don't need complex characters with backstories that fucking, you know, just are just drenched in fucking doom and gloom. We need characters that inspire and, and want us to fucking soar to great heights. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. One thing I did read this week, which was a fun, uh, fun pickup, was mm. um, so uh, long-time listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <clears throat> anyone that's listened for the past few months will probably remember me talking about the Marvel Tales Ghost Rider special that uh, reprinted the first three issues of the Danny Ketch run. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, the cool thing about um, – all this Marvel Tales stuff is that they're reprinting some other things as well as sort of a bit of an ongoing thing. Nice. And they just collected, uh, I think it came out last week, maybe this week. No, it would have been last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, the um, uh, Avengers 2 Wonder Man and Beast miniseries from oh, nice. the early 2000s, nice. uh, which was just a, a fun little three issue story that uh, like it um, just was basically Wonder Man and Beast on a team up. It wrapped up because, I mean, you know, people that have read Avengers for years will know that those two are like BFFs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it just wrapped up a few uh, sort of lingering plot threads from Wonder Man's solo series in the 90s. And it's just a fun great little read um it's a bit of a redemption story for wonder man like him dealing with you know the fact that he's been a bit of a fuck up throughout his superhero career and why does he keep getting second chances and being brought back from the dead and stuff like that and uh yeah man just a good nice little story um and you know nice to see beast being a good character because he's a complete shitbag in the x-men <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so no it's good but i'm also uh i'm also uh catching up on the flash tv series at the moment as i'm I'm doing stuff through the day so um yeah it's been good because i I sort of dropped out on it uh after a little while but um i was lucky enough to find uh a pretty much full set of the dvds fairly cheap recently so i thought ah what the fuck what the fuck and um, man I'm getting back into my Saturday, like Saturday morning cartoon thing that you used to do as a kid. Yeah, man. what are you saying? That's cool. I'm doing it with Astro Boy at the moment, and it's fun, dude. It's just fun to, I get up in the morning and watch a fucking Astro Boy cartoon. Um, yeah, it's just all kinds of fun, and it's just rad, dude. It's really rad. I, I'm, I'm yeah, having man. a great time. 
I've we've been we've been doing that on the weekends for a while. Like we'll just sort of you know do three or four episodes like Scooby Doo or Transformers or something like that. And it's just mm-hmm. it's fun, man. It's just fun to sit down and have breakfast and watch a few cartoons. Like it's it's very. It cool. really is, man. It's a simple pleasure that um, you know I I would urge any person listening today that I you know it's all right. You don't have to admit this, boys and girls. But if you have your that morning ritual of uh, waking up and having your energy drink or your coffee or whatever it is that you're into and you just start scrolling your phone, I, I challenge you to try this. Why don't you put the phone down, put on the TV and watch the Transformers, the classic 80s cartoon or uh, G.I. Joe. Just watch a cartoon and have some fun. Yeah. And I would like anyone who's doing that to, um, because I, I recently rewatched a bunch of GI Joe cartoons and mm. I have questions. I have many <laughs> questions. First and foremost, I would like to know how the fuck Cobra commander manages to find all these snake shaped rock lairs throughout the world. There's Jake, I've got an answer for you. And it's snake shop. Uh, it's snake rock. Um, what, what'd you call it again? <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> I start, I started with a, the Dude, I'm serious though. It's like no. every cartoon. It's like this guy moves bases. Like he, he moves homes more often than a 20 something. Okay. Student. Cobra like, commander goes to Cobra, Cobra headquarters are us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Every time it's like, you know, establishing shot on Cobra's new HQ, it's like some rock face in the middle of nowhere that's shaped like a snake. I, I yeah. swear to God, like, uh, I'm just, has Skeletor got like a, a side gig, like carving Man. out mountains on earth somewhere for these fuckers to have their secret lairs? I wonder, dude. I wonder. It's, it's a crazy thing, dude. So, yeah. There's, there's got to be an answer there. There's got to be an answer. Well, it's just it's one of those things you don't think about as a kid at the time, but now, you know, when you're a little older or a little wise, you start looking at things like how the fuck do they find all these hidden layers and underwater layers? And I don't know. And- well, I mean, you know, especially like as an adult, like, you know, you grow up, you see terrorist cells on TV and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not making fun of terrorism. It's horrible, but Cobra is a terrorist organization. And, mm. You compare Cobra with like their fucking schmick ass, super cool uniforms. Yeah. Oodles of equipment, you know, insane harebrained schemes. Like there was an episode of G.I. Joe where Cobra were trying to take over the corn industry because why not? Yeah. <laughs> and you sort of compare that to, you know, the terrorists we have in the real world where they're just like these psycho assholes hiding in caves. And mm. I'm going. I don't know. I feel like you guys are just missing a beat here. Like either that or like the flamboyance of Cobra is off the fucking charts. (laughs) It feels that way, dude. And yeah, I don't know, man. It's one, again, you know, it's one of those little, little things that we tend to sort of really occasionally just dive into wondering what, what sort of payroll are these guys on? And, and, and who, who fucking, I, I, I hate to be the laundry person for their fucking uniforms, you know, like just all that sort of shit. Like there's, um, there's many questions. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know, I'm not telling Cobra Command how to live here, but mm. it's like, dude, you know, you, you're hatching these crazy ass schemes to like rob Fort Knox and hold something for ransom. It's like, maybe you wouldn't be so desperate for money if you weren't, I don't know, buying gigantic fucking islands shaped like snakes and (laughs) having elaborate uniforms and you know all this sort of shit i I don't know man i'm not telling you how to live i'm just saying you probably aren't budgeting wisely no i don't think so yeah yeah I, i i'm with you man so yeah it's a bit weird um yeah fucking yeah, we could talk about this one for ages, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, kids. There are more, many more cartoon discussion episodes on the horizon. But, oh, shit, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. But, um, yeah, besides wanting to probably best suited for next week, um, 
I'd love to talk about um, Def Leppard's 40, 40th anniversary of Pyromania. Oh, dude, yeah, there's a there's a Def Leppard conversation on the yeah. cards for yeah. sure. Yeah, so stay tuned for, for that sure. one. Yeah, for so sure, for sure. That'll be, and that'll I, be coming up. I would like to talk about the Rocketeer because I scored a very sweet <laughs> I'm in select Rocketeer figure today nice. and it is fucking cool. Nice. Uh, I I nabbed it for my uh, nostalgia shelf, which is loaded with uh, He-Man, Scooby-Doo, Transformers, Star Wars, uh, Terminator, back to all, all sorts of cool shit, Ghostbusters, the, the works. And mate, uh, mate, our favorite Back to the Eighties man, Tim, would be. Uh, I think he'd give you a little nod and a fucking wink and go. I, well I think done, he would, and yeah. he'd, he'd probably say, "Nice try, kid." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably turn to his Mister T figure and say, "Hold my beer." Yeah, he'd just look at his shelf full of like cool A Team and Dukes of Hazard stuff and go, "Oh, that's cute." Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, no, man, I, I scored a I scored a very funky Rocketeer figure, and nice. uh, yeah, he's looking he's looking pretty cool. That's a cool score, dude. Yeah, nice one. The shelves are looking good. Um, yeah, so this week's episode, we're we're heading back to the nineties in this one. We are in a big way. This is a this is an interesting one because um, uh, I feel like we're going to have an interesting chat about this because we're going back to nineteen ninety three, kids, and uh, amongst the many cool things that came out in the nineties. A big blockbuster attempt was made with a movie called The Last Action Hero, starring everyone's favorite fucking barbarian himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really love this movie. And I know this movie absolutely tanked on release. Um, there are valid reasons why it tanked. Yeah, I honestly, uh, I, I, I got to be, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Uh, when I first saw this, I didn't quite get it. Um, and it's a movie that I've really, 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 really come to love as I've gotten mm. older. Mm. And I think it's a movie that really. I think it hits you a bit different when you get older. You know what I mean? It's a, um, it's the theme of this episode is hope. <laughs> yeah. Hope is a strong word. <laughs> but um, yeah, th- this movie's um... today's lesson. Yeah, today's lesson. We're to leave comes... that to the end of the episode, right? <laughs> yeah, and we we just need Chuck Norris to narrate that bit for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, nah, man, that, like this movie, it. It tanked. I mean, at the box office, it was a bomb because it it was it it was the budget making it was exorbitant. Um, has was the formula for a lot of these action Hollywood films of that time period. Um, unfortunately, the box office receipts didn't quite match up. Um, yeah. and it was a movie marred in. Funny, it's funny how the parallels of this is because we've just come off the back of Freaky Friday where we're talking about. Friday Thirteenth Part Five being a bit of a, huh? Yeah, a bit of a hot this mess. this movie on paper was a bit the same, mm. but like you said, it's the kind of movie that you can't just watch once and go, nah. You have to give it yeah. a couple of watches and go, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I think the problem, you know, before before we get into what we absolutely love about this movie is I think the problem was at the time nobody knew what this movie was. It's like, is it no. a comedy? Is it a parody? Is it serious? Is it an action movie? Like, what the fuck is this it's, fucking thing? It's essentially a tribute. It's a tribute it to is. that period. Well, to me, this movie is... Um, this movie is a love letter to the power of movies and imagination. Because, I mean, you know, quick, quick plot summary. You've got this kid, Danny, who's a lonely kid. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, his mom, he's, his dad's fuck knows where. Yeah. You know, his mom works all the time. He's left alone a lot. And, you know, he's, you know, not really popular at school. He gets bullied and shit like that. And he essentially lives his life through movies and his favorite, 
movie series is a movie series called Jack Slater starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is essentially like just a prototypical 80s, 90s action movie sort of yeah, series. Like it is. It's, it's a lethal weapon, commando, dirty Harry kind of, you know. Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty much just fun escapism. Mm. And, you know, this kid has a very lonely life. Like, you know, he gets mugged in his apartment by himself. Like, his, the real world is horrible. And, you know, he goes to, he, like, lives his life at this movie theater. He's friends with the old guy that's the projectionist. Um, you know, the old guy's got a print of the new Arnold Jack Slater movie um, that's coming out. Says, hey, you know, I've got to run it through, make sure it works okay. You want to come to a sneak screening? This kid gets a magic ticket, essentially, and gets transported into his greatest fantasy, which is the Jack Slater movies, and basically gets to live on screen and have an adventure with his hero, um, you know, finds out that it's not everything he thought it would be, you know, they have to come back into the real world. And it just shows that dichotomy between, you know, the fantasy life of movies and, yeah. you know, how sucky the real world can be basically. But, you know, the, the lesson at the end of it is that, you know, hey, the real world can be beautiful as well if you let it be sort of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting little subliminal um, plot points in this film that, you know, that on a, a couple of watches you pick up on the more you, you know, explore parts of it that you missed the first time, you know. And yeah. it is, it is interesting what it explores and what it taps into. And like you say, it really is a love letter to so much that we love about cinema of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, man, it, it really is. Like, I just, I feel like it's just, it is a love letter to movies, just to mm. the power that movies have, uh, the the simplicity of movies, how you can lose yourself in them, how you can use them as an escape from, you know, the shitty stuff in life, how they can, you know, teach you lessons, how they can, you know, help you know, shape you as a person and stuff like yeah, that. Like yeah. it, it taps into all of that stuff in a it really does. beautiful way. But it's, I think the thing is too, it's a way that you don't really, I feel like this is a movie that's like, it's funny. It's like you watch this movie as a kid and you're just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, cool soundtrack, Arnie, you know, there's some funny one-liners and stuff in there. But then I feel like it's a movie that like, as soon as you hit like 30 or 35, they should give you a copy of it and go, now you'll get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like now that you've been out in the world and you know, you've realized that, oh, life's a bit fucking cool. Sometimes you can really get this movie and enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> which, I mean, which sounds like so bitter and jaded to say, yeah. but I feel like it's kind of true. There, there, there's a lot that I love about this movie, but I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be the bad guy first off the bat. I'll say that my initial critique um, after watching this film a few thousand times is I feel that it just goes that little bit too long. I yeah. feel like it's, it's just like, it just goes that past that threshold of, of real enjoyment to it's just a bit of a battle to get to the end of the film. That was just mm. my personal feeling. I felt like, I think it's just shy of two hours or just over two yeah. hours. And I feel like it just, it tries to do so much and it just goes so long that um, you almost breathe a sigh of relief at the end, but that's just me a bit. Yeah. I do think that, the, I think that if there's an issue with this movie, um, and it's really hard for me to criticise it because I do really love this movie. I do and too. I do yeah. really love everything it has to say. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it kind of trips up on its own cleverness a bit in spots. Like there's a few too many, uh, especially when Danny's in like the movie world. Yeah. Um, I yeah. feel like there's a few too many jokes. And not, not that... You know, the humor in this is really, really funny. Oh, but it just feels like they go too far trying to, like, you know, highlight every movie cliche and trope and stuff like that and poke fun at them where it's just like, oh, man, okay, absolutely. guys, like, that's really clever and mm. we get it. You don't need to do it another three or four times. Like, we well, got it the first time. It's cool. Like, I, I think 
Yeah, I think one of my favorites in in that aspect of um of what you're talking about is the police chief. Oh um, yeah, dude. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, I mean, he's he, he he's like every police chief. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I mean, he to me he was kind of a louder version of the police chief in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like just, just the token, uh, you know, black guy police chief with the fucking just, d- just the yeah. loud voice that shatters the glass literally. Um, so it, yeah. it's very cartoony in those sequences. Yeah. So yeah, I think one thing they really nail, and uh, all those scenes in the police station are, are just so cartoon world. It's it's really yeah. illustrates the. The imaginary, imaginary it, It's world. almost Roger Rabbit-ish. It is, right down to the cat detective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a real Roger Rabbit um, sensation to this film. That, that's I what mean, I felt, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's, look, some of the gags are so great. Like, I mean, the, you know, the, the Stallone as the Terminator bit in the video. That was store. awesome. Don't. That oh, was great. The, we have to talk about you know, the video store. The, 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 every woman here is beautiful. Of course, it's Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and I mean, Ar- Arnie just turned it on the chart, like the video the video store bits. Like, you know, yeah. you a movie star? Yes. I was in a movie called The Girl of My Dreams. It starred you. We had a very <laughs> romantic scene. It's just like, oh, fuck, Arnie. I love you, dude. You're great. And that girl, that girl, I thought at first was Pamela Anderson, but it wasn't. It was, um, I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Lee, the the girl from the the Cherry Pie video. I think it was, yeah, yeah. Mm, but yeah, um, yeah there, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many like great sort of fun moments in this movie. Oh, there, is. Um, there is, but yeah, I, I think it, it's it's hard not to enjoy. I mean, the fuck, dude, the Hamlet sequence at the start. Oh, I dude, mean, it was brilliant. That's just fucking hilarious like <laughs> and i mean you know kudos to arnold for having the good sense to like you know kind of take the piss out of himself as well with, with yeah. a lot of this stuff like yeah. it, it's really great yeah um, it was awesome i mean i think my favorite sequence was like you know where they're, they're driving around looking for uh benedict and arnie's like oh all those years in police academy criminology and all i had to do was drive around and point and say the bad guys are in there <laughs> i mean you know there's just so much so much great stuff i mean you know the the joke of like you know the the partner getting shot like two days before to retirement yeah like that, yeah you know it's really clever um the yeah i mean it, i think the cool thing as well is i kind of really dug that you know it sort of went into breaking down the fantasy of these action hero characters on screen. It's like, you know, Jack Slater, yeah, he's a, he's a character in a movie. He's, you know, invincible and gets into all these crazy adventures and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I guess it's sort of like they sort of show what Jack Slater does when the cameras are off. And it's like, you know, his life's a bit of a mess. Like, you know, he's, He's, you know, deeply grieving the loss of his son and stuff like that. And, you know, for this this fictional character to find out that all of this has been made up for entertainment kind mm. of, you know, sort of fucks with him a bit. Like, I mean, I really love that scene towards the end there where he's in the real world and he meets Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's like, you know, I don't like you. You've caused me nothing but pain. Mm. Like, you know, that's kind of... Like for a, a a movie that's like got a fucking cartoon cat at the start of it, that's pretty deep and powerful stuff, you know. Well, that's it, man. It it taps into some a lot of humor and a lot of light stuff, but then it when it gets dark, it does get dark. Like the just the exploration of of the dark side of real realism for Jack mm. Slater when he experiences the real world. Um, there there is a lot of dark to, that we you know, see through the eyes of Jack Slater and yeah. it's, it's yeah. Even for Danny, when he's in the imagination world, like there's, there's a mm. dark element there that he explores too, you know? So um, it's interesting where this movie goes and it's, it goes to places that few films um, at the time go. Cause it's usually just filled with the same beats and rhythms. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, so this I feel one's like different. this movie, yeah, I feel like it was really ahead of its time because I mean, 
this was sort of like a meta kind of movie. Like it was, before yeah. Meta stuff was really a thing because it's like, you know, the stuff that you see in this movie is, you know, almost like tonally what they sort of perfected with the Deadpool movies. Because yeah. I mean, you know, you look at you look at, for example, Deadpool two. It's really dark in spots, but it's also hilarious. Um, and I feel like you know, Deadpool two probably balances that combination a bit better than the last action hero did. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I sort of feel like with last action hero, it's like, it's a really interesting and kind of brave movie in so far as they just attempted to even do that. Uh, yeah. Let alone attempted to do it in like a summer blockbuster with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Cause it's <laughs> like, you know, people sort of, you know, people back then, you know, it's like you went to, like, I mean, and this is coming off, like, stuff like Terminator 2, you know, and True Lies, like, so it's like, you know, people went to see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, they expected certain things, and, you mm. know, I think a lot of the reason why this movie tanked is that, like, no one went there expecting this kind of meta, like, exploration of the power of cinema, and, nice. you know the exploitation of fictional characters and, and all that sort of shit. And, you know, how wonderful movies can be if you're a lonely kid sort of thing. Um, yeah. It's it, really, really kind of wild, you know? Well, a lot, of, a lot of kids and even adults at the time in the 90s that went to see this would have been, you know, as you said, you know, they've just come off the back of being spoiled, rotten, watching you know, True Lies and fucking Terminator 2 and, you know, the Die Hard series, Lethal Weapon and all that. So they've got this healthy diet of fucking explosions and action fight scenes and gun battles and all that. And they're like, yeah, cool. This is going to be more of that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, especially is. too, dude, like you, you remember the marketing for this, like there were action figures, you know, oh, there was, dude, that, was huge. that killer, that killer soundtrack. Like they yep. really threw a lot of bucks behind, you know, kind of betting that this was going to be like the next big hit. And then it came out and everyone was just kind of like, huh? Yeah. And I mean, you know, plus you had John McTiernan directing it, the guy that gave us Die Hard and Predator. Yeah, exactly. dude. So I mean, there was a certain expectation to this movie. that Expectations uh, were high, dude. And plus, yeah, Schwar man, they really were. Schwarzenegger's star power attached to this on top of having more of a prominent hand in, in how things are done in the movie. Um, it really shows in this, like right down to him personally going to ACDC going, no, I don't want to license one of your songs. I want you to write a song. Like yeah. you got him to write a fucking song for this film. And, you know, he was in the music video wearing the school uniform with Angus, which I'm sorry was fucking cool. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, I, I've got to watch that film clip again, man. That was a great one. But yep. um, Big Gun is a killer track. There's Megadeth on there. There's Anthrax. Man, it's just like, yeah. I mean, the the thing about Schwarzenegger in these films is his soundtracks were fucking beautiful. Beautiful. Like, really think, cool yeah. soundtracks. Yeah. Like, rocking, like, fucking, yeah. The most rocking soundtracks. Um, well, I mean, that's the thing, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got you had Guns N' Roses for T2. Like, yeah. Fuck, you know. Living wow. colour for fucking true lies, man. It was like, yeah. dude, like fucking, the, the guy knows how to put the rock in his movies, man. But um, Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, Arnie's a very smart dude, especially like when it comes to tapping into like, you know, what he knows his audience wants. Well, I mean, this, this well, is a... Maybe not for this one. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> But th this movie is interesting in the sense of th this is the movie where Arnie just goes, uh, you know, he really celebrates the success that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is a movie that really uh, exemplifies the brand that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, we see Planet Hollywood showcased in this. We see, you know, all his film fucking achievements pretty much achieve, um, showcased throughout it, mostly like Terminator and, and that. Um it's all there, you know, and mm. so on on paper you think, yeah, okay, this should by rights be a fucking banger of a movie, but um, unfortunately the the movie was, 
you know, they were shooting scenes for this film right down to the week before its release. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I really feel like this was a movie that it would be really interesting um, to see a director's cut for this because I, I feel this is yeah. one of those movies that they shot it, they were probably happy with it, they turned it in and the studio just went, what the fuck? What the fuck yeah. have you guys done? Like, mm. we give you Arnold Schwarzenegger, we give you all this money, and you deliver us this weird, almost art film that's an exploration of the love of cinema and, you know, Arnold deconstructing his own myth. Like, yeah. what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really feel like that there was probably a lot of, like, no, you go fucking shoot some more funny shit, shoot some more action sequences and give us what we want. Mm. And that's the thing, man. Like there was, there's so much in this film that it's just, it really is like, it's like a towering burger packed to the brim with ingredients upon ingredients upon ingredients that the whole thing is just going to topple over into a fucking heaving mess. That, that to me is kind of my analogy of it in many ways, but there's so much to love about it. I mean, the mysticism of this film, um, like we see that beautiful, that magnificent rundown cinema that Danny goes and visits um, with all those glorious posters of, of a time that once was. And then yeah. um, when he goes to watch the, the fucking preview of the film of the print, um, getting this story about Harry Houdini and this incredible magic trick with this magic movie ticket. Um, I thought that was fucking brilliant, actually. Oh, man, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That I mean, one really of the things I also really like um, about this flick, too, is it sort of explores, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's a really cool dichotomy there between Jack Slater and Danny as characters. Because like, there is. You know, Danny just wants to live in the movie world. Like, yeah. that's his fantasy. Like, everything's better in there. Like, you know... Um, like his dad's dead. That's right. Mm. Um, yeah, his, his dad's passed away. So, you know, he's, he's dealing with that. You know, he, he wants to live in the movie world because everything's perfect there. Nobody dies. Like everything's wonderful. And he lives in a shitty part of New York. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then, you know, you get Jack coming into the real world Mm. and he kind of loves it there. Like he, he meets Danny's mom. You know, there's like a, almost a burgeoning romance between them. Like he yeah. hears Mozart for the first time and he really loves it. Like, you know, he, he's away from all these crazy adventures and violence. So it's like, you know, both of them have, I feel like both of them sort of show each other that like, you know, you can appreciate what you've got and find good things in it. Yeah. Um, regardless of how sort of dissatisfied you are with, you know, where you are in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, I, I'm going deep here. Ooh. You are, dude. Jake, this is deep here, man. But, um, I, I, but I, I do really love this movie, man. And I, I think there's a, a lot to take away from this movie. Um, and this is one of those movies where, like, for me, like, personally, if I'm having, like, you know, a bit of a rough trot or whatever, it's a movie that I really enjoy watching because I always feel like it, it sort of picks me up and it, yeah. I always leave this movie feeling a bit hopeful. Yeah, look, they, they, don't get me wrong. There is a bit. Of, I get a bit of that myself. But um, yeah, there, there's there's a bit of this film that you know it doesn't quite tick all the boxes for me. I think one of the things that I want to highlight as well is um, you might dislike me a little for this, but I <laughs> could this be the end of Rad? <laughs> Stay tuned, listeners. But um, no, no, no. Now, this, now it's time for commercial break. <laughs> Jesse's been possessed. Jesse's been possessed by Morrisite. Um, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think what I wanted to say is, um, Benedict. Now I know that they tried to get Alan Rickman to play this character in the real hmm. world scenario. Um, so they got this guy, this other guy. Who is good. Like he's, don't get me wrong. He's a good bad guy. But at the start of the film, when we get that awesome showdown between Slater and the Ripper, I thought yeah. to myself, oh, I like this guy. This is, this is token bad guy material, right? 
and then we don't see him till kind of right towards the end. Yeah, well, I think that was um, – I, I totally, totally get where you're coming from. And, I mean, look, man, like, my love for this movie is, you know, well-documented on this episode, but I will concede that it there, there are some flaws in this flick. Mm. And I think the big issue was I remember as a kid seeing the marketing for this movie, the action figures and all that. Oh, it was and huge. The Ripper was pretty much pushed on us as he was going to be the main bad guy. Like, he was the big bad guy. Like, you know, we were going to see... Well, I mean, you know, it's Tom Noonan who's fucking Mm. great. Like, I mean, hello. Like, Robocop 2, Monster Squad. The dude's brilliant. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, he's very underutilized in this movie. Um, And he's a great character, great actor, great look. I mean... You know, you, you, as a kid, you're like looking at every all the marketing for this thing, and you're just thinking like, Arnie's going to be taking on this fucking weird, creepy looking dude with all these fucking axes and shit. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> I love. I actually, I got to say, I don't know if you if you paid attention to this, but the chainmail top that he wears, I'm thinking yeah. to myself, is that the um the same chainmail top that a certain bad guy in commando works <laughs> yeah was that was that bennett's hand-me-down <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> could be onto something there dude yeah, I, I mean, mean i though. think that's 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 the issue dude is like you know it was really pushed on us that this was going to be a thing and then mm. you know you saw the movie and it wasn't like you know he's like in it at the start and then he's in it at the end and you know that's kind of it I think that that's my, you know, if, if I can be the, the bad guy in this episode, I think that would be my gripe is that we see this f- excellent looking bad guy with this, oh my fucking God, gorgeous axe. I love the fact that it, it's like a sniper rifle that assembles um, yeah. so well. Um, but we get so little of this character, which I yeah. just feel like, it would have been better had he just had a little more screen time with Benedict, had the had the two of them team up or something. Um, well, that would have just I mean, my like when I was younger, uh, and I still sort of think it today is that like I could have done with a little uh, a bit more of an even split because they don't really go mm. into the real world until the third act, and then yeah you have this great concept at the end there in the third act where Benedict is, he's got the movie ticket and he's talking about bringing all the cinematic bad guys into the real world, which is cool. Uh, Which you think about it. You think about the characters he mentions when he's talking about that. And you're like, Oh my God, how awesome would it have been to have seen, you know, if, if they could have swung it to have seen like Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in the real world, Gary Gary Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Like, you know, even the fucking, you know, the Terminator, Freddy Krueger, like how cool would it have been to have seen Arnold as Jack Slater facing Mm. off against some of these guys, like having to run a gauntlet of all these cinematic villains to save Danny from Benedict and the Ripper at the end. Like, I mean, dude, the the possibilities there would have been amazing. And it's like, oh, man, if you guys had just done that, Mm. like, that would have just been spectacular. Like, to see Arnold Schwarzenegger going up against Freddy Krueger or Dracula. Like, I mean, fuck, dude. Can you imagine it? Like... It would have been crazy, dude. Like, I think... I, I, don't I mean, know. I could have done with that more than like, you know, Leo the fart exploding in a tar pit earlier on. <laughs> yeah. Not that that, not that that wasn't a funny sequence. That I mean, I awesome. love, I do love Arnold's like, you know, is that a doctor in the house? Look, elephant. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it's funny as fuck, but it's yeah. like, if, if I had to pick between that and like seeing Arnie punch out Freddy Krueger, I'm going to go to see Arnie punch out Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's easy for us to be the armchair warriors and go, well, you know, they could have oh, done this. Absolutely. Done 
But, I mean, I know that there's studio politics that would have prohibited this from happening. But, I mean, fuck, it would have been cool to have a likeness of Freddy Krueger even shot from the back, you know, facing Jack Slater. And then, uh, you know, Dracula appearing, but you don't see his face, but you you know who he is, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, even Jason Voorhees or something like that. Like, Like, it would have been cool. Like, the, the possibilities were endless. And, mm. I mean, you know, it was great seeing Ian McKellen playing Death from, yeah. you know, um, that Igmar Bergman film. But, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it, it's... And, again, I, am, I, I love this movie so fucking much, but I can concede and admit that, you know, there are some flaws to it that, well, you know, just... Given a little bit more, it could have been, you know, it could have really tapped into a lot of the potential that it had there. Yeah, it was it was a movie scarred with a lot of rewrites in the script, man. And, you know, you've even had at one point Carrie Fisher fucking rewriting parts of the script. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was a bit of a hot mess in many ways. And they were trying to capitalise on the whole Simpsons phenomenon. And you could see what they were trying to achieve with the film. And um, in in many ways, it, it achieves all that. It really does, and we've touched on parts of that. But there are there are components that just kind of just pull it down. And for me, as a fan of of the film, I, my critique is just not seeing the Ripper as much as I feel we deserve to have seen more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's like it's you know there there are sort of glaring flaws um but you know there is so much heart in this movie oh there is there is that i i find it really hard to sort of genuinely have like genuine criticism of it like there yeah. are small gripes yeah. uh you know but it's just kind of like oh you know i wish that they'd, they'd done that i wish there was a bit hmm. more of this and a little bit less of that yeah but you know, end of the day, like there's so much heart on display oh, in this movie. Yeah, and as, as I get older and, you know, you, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you get older, like you got to pay bills, you got to deal with like, you know, looking for an apartment or looking for a job. You got to deal with like, you know, losing people in your life and, you know, fucking this and that, and all the stupid bullshit adult stuff that you have to do. For me, I think this movie is just a movie that makes me feel like a kid that just loves movies again um, and enjoys that escapism into them where everything's perfect. You know, at the end of the 90 minutes, everything's going to be okay. There's like a comforting safety to it. And I really love that about it. But I also love that it's like, you know, hey, listen, you know, this shit's great to escape into but it's not real life and you know real life is for living so maybe you should get out there and do that kind of thing i agree man and and the thing for me is 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 like has the you know has a loving nerd as well i I think the the escapism i love about this film it just brings back those warm fuzzies when you see just the the awesome scenery of LA just showcased in, in all yeah. this magnificent splendor, you know, the palm well, trees, I mean, dude, you know, yeah, bro, that, that final shot of Arnie driving off into the sunset, and that, yeah, that big dude. ass caddy, that LA yeah. sunset, that's iconic. It's like, mm. oh, like it just, it, it takes you back to a place where it's like, you know, you're, you're 14, 15 going to watch this at the movie. Yeah. It's like, you know, playing a couple of rounds on fucking uh, Revolution X in the arcade out the front <laughs> before you go in. God bless Revolution X. Fuck, that game was awesome. Um, you know, you're getting your popcorn, your Coke, you go in, you watch the movie, you come out, you're all psyched about it. You know, you go, I don't know, you go to the pool, you go for a swim, you shoot some, play some more video. Go, I don't know, man. It's just that, yeah. that simple time of like being young, not having a care in the world and, you know, oh, my God, there's a new Schwarzenegger movie. Let's fucking go sort of thing. Mm, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And and that's the thing. You know, I love I love all those L.A. bits. I love the – especially love um, – one thing this movie really excels in is a triumphant number of cameos. Like, holy oh, shit. Oh, dude. 
Right. Sharon, in one in one minute, you see Sharon Stone lighting up a cigarette, fucking Robert Patrick walking past his T-1000. Yeah. Um, dude, like, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, you got Tina Turner at the start Tina of Turner it. Tina Turner playing the mayor? Holy shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, you got fucking, you got that glorious Stallone in T2 cameo in the yeah. video store, which yeah. was just an absolute stroke of genius. I like, yeah, I think that was just brilliant. And I mean, I feel like, I mean, everyone knows the, uh, you know, the uh, Arnold versus Stallone sort of slap fight that these two clowns were having throughout uh, the 80s, you know. That's a nice I mean, that, that... Seg- That's a nice little. Sorry to interrupt there. Nice little segue to uh, uh, remind everyone to go back and listen to our Arnie versus Sly episode. Rad. Yes, yes, yes. You really should do that. Where we talk about, uh, you know, the uh, the infamous scene in Twins where Arnie's comparing his biceps to the. Uh, poster for Rambo three and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I feel like, I feel like having Sly as the T one, as the T 800 for Terminator two was just like the perfect cap to that little feud. Like it was just chef's kiss. Yeah, it was, man. And again, you know, it was, it was basically a, a good movie uh, cinematic in advertisement for Planet Hollywood, which was the business that him and Sly and Bruce Willis all um, partnered in on initially. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, dude, you know, speaking of cameos, I mean, we've hmm. got the, the, the film premiere with Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, fucking Jim, Bel- you know, uh, Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi uh, yeah. James Belushi, yeah, like, yeah. you know, who was in Red Heat with Arnie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to do a Red Heat episode at some point, mm. too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, man, it's just like, it's so great. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I love Van Damme's cameo. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was cool, man. That was cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. All the cameos were great, man, and they all had nice little one-liners in there. And um, and I just, I just love how um, Schwarzenegger played himself as this, this real kind of over-the-top um, Hollywood. You know, you could just see the just the whole um, vibe of Hollywood just permeating from him. Yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about he was just. My next film might be producing, directing, starring. Yeah, in. yeah. <laughs> in this movie, we only kill eighty-five people, whereas the last movie we killed one hundred and twenty. So it's a good movie for the families. It's like he's just playing like this perfect caricature of himself. Yeah. Like he's just really turning up his Arnoldness to like eleven, and it, mm. it's so funny and it works so well, and just. I mean, kudos for him for not taking himself so seriously with it. Like, it was, just, it was so great to see. Yeah, it was really cool. It was just good to see him play himself in a lighthearted way. Um, mm. And, you know, I've I got to give uh, tip of the hat to Schwarzenegger. You know, like his, his per- performance of Jack Slater is awesome. You know, like, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a formula that you see throughout all his films of his characters. Um, in many ways, but um, th- this is especially good. Um, I love there's there's so many little bits to love about it. His daughter Meredith, um, yeah, she's amazing. And hot. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, dude. But um, turning up in that massive Bigfoot truck that was so cool. <laughs> and and he's just come out of the tar pits and. I love that bit where <clears throat> where Danny's just going, at like he's making comment about how Arnie's cleaning up so quickly after being in a tar pit and yeah. getting the change of clothes so automatically. Like it's just, <laughs> I mean, touches. I, I love, yeah, dude. I I also love that bit where he walks into like his actual shitty apartment near the freeway and just shoots the guy in the cupboard. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "How did you know there was a guy in the cupboard? There's always a guy in the cupboard." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's just so many great little fun, jokey nods to there like is. previous films and just action movie tropes in general. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, and I love that it deconstructs them. I love the whole thing with like, you know, his ex wife like nagging him at the station. And, you know, later he's like, oh, she, my ex wife doesn't give a shit. She's remarried. She's happy. Like, I pay it. 
I pay a guy to call me every week so people think I have a personal life. Speaking of, I love that bit where where he answers the phone and it's his ex-wife or supposedly his ex-wife and he just pulls out a cassette with different conversations. <laughs> I, I used to joke that that's, uh, that's the tactic you use, like, if your boss is a real fucking nimrod at work and you're just like, uh-huh, yep, sure, uh-huh, yeah, just as you say, uh-huh, yes, of course, honey, yep, uh-huh. Sure, just as you say. It's like, he's repeated over and over. It's like, yeah. yep, <laughs> totally works. Yeah, it's super cool, man. I love that shit. Um, yeah, but um, the the other bit that I want to talk about as well is is going back to the video store bit. Um, you know, it, it, anyone that's listened to the show more than once is well familiar that we talk about our love of the video stores and the nostalgia behind it. And this is such a fucking cool portrayal of blockbuster man oh dude yeah it's like it's the perfect like it's the perfect blockbuster store it's just like it's it really is a dream come true it's just like you, you just watch it it's like man seriously every time that movie gets watched in this house it's like whether it's with it's me by myself or be watching it or both of us or, or anyone else it's just like I miss video stores. Yeah, 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 totally, man. Because <laughs> you just look at it and it's just, you can smell it, man. You can smell you that blockbuster carpet oh. and the popcorn and, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And, and the fr- and I can even smell the, the fresh posters. You oh, know, dude, it, yeah, right, yep. Oh, yep, if you've never experienced it, uh, you just, oh, you, God, you haven't, you haven't lived. You've missed yeah, out. Yeah, you, you, you've really missed out, guys. And this is one of the parts where it's like, I'm I'm glad we were around for that because man, like it was just fucking glorious. Just just oh, see dude, it was right. Aisles of options, then just you know, and you didn't have to watch thirty seconds of it and turn it off. You could just go. I don't. I'm, I've got a basic synopsis on the back cover and this cool looking poster on the front. Fuck it, I'm going in. Yep, yep, yep. You know, yeah. You look at you look at the back. You look at the front cover. You go, that looks cool. You look at the back cover. Go, oh wow. I wonder what. I wonder what happens there. Like that looks rad. And if you're and, lucky, you might get one cool trailer that you get to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you know, sometimes you get like a whole bunch of them, and it was just mm. like, I hit the jackpot with this one. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be a thing, man. That was great. Oh but, fuck uh, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Angie Everhart behind the uh, counter in the video store as well. I could be wrong. It could have been. I'm not sure, but yeah, I know. She was I, definitely I'm a supermodel. Sure. Angie Everhart pops up in here somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm um, pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I like every red blooded male who liked chicks had a mm-hmm. crush on Angie Everhart. <laughs> yep. Yep. Amen. But um, and probably some red blooded women as well. Like she was, yeah. she was pretty smoking. Oh yeah, but um, nah, dude, this movie, I I think it it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, it's it missed a few beats, but um, again, I've got to make reference to the Ripper. I thought we got probably one of the coolest bad guys in one of the most short-lived performances on film. And if there is a director's yeah. cut, fuck yeah, give us thirty minutes of Ripper, please. That'd be oh fucking yeah, cool. man. yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, I, I sort of like, you know, in, in closing, I, I think it's like, this is, this movie is very much a 90s movie. Like, this is very much like a slice of the 90s, like, yeah. encapsulated in yeah. one film. Um, Agreed. It's a bit strange it's a bit weird but there's a lot of heart to it it's a bit experimental Mm -hmm. you know it still gives you some of the things you want from a schwarzenegger movie uh it gives you some shit that you don't expect it's got a fucking banger of a soundtrack um you know it's it's a bit strange but yeah, man. I mean, I feel like it's just fucking missing vanilla ice on the soundtrack, and it. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so, dude. I, I think like, a bit of vanilla would have mixed that bad boy right up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, but, but... Uh, no, it's 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 a great movie, and it's a movie that I do really love a lot. Like, I, I can't even say in spite of its flaws. I think it's maybe because of its flaws. 
Well, that's the thing. It's it's not a perfect film, but I think that's all the more reason to like it. It's mm. um, it yeah, it, it it really just it takes us on more than just a your regular action journey. It gives us a bit of humanity. It gives us a bit. I don't know. It just gives us a little something different that a lot of other action movies don't quite deliver. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's the part that a lot of fans probably just threw their arms up about with this one. Well, and it's got, I mean, look, man, you know, it's got one of Def Leppard's best ballads on the soundtrack as oh, well. dude. Like, absolutely. I mean, fuck. If, if Two Steps Behind does not hit you where you live, I wonder if you've actually got a functioning blood pump in you. You <laughs> may be a Morrisite. Yeah, you just might be. Like, because... Mm. I mean, yeah, dude, that song is just amazing. And I think, you know, this movie really pushed that song to the forefront too because if I remember correctly, two, like the acoustic version of Two Steps Behind, which was on the soundtrack for this, mm. and Big Gun were like two of the big singles off this. And yeah. probably Angry Again by Megadeth. Yeah. And uh, Alice in Chains were on it as well, I'm pretty sure. If down, is it Down Again? No, Angry uh, yeah. Chair. Angry yeah, Chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I did this soundtrack for this was fucking amazing. Like it was it was pretty loaded. It was loaded with all the big guns from the fucking nineties, man. Like all yeah, the heavy dude, hit yeah. all the heavy hitters, dude. So there's a there's a lot of positivity to fucking say about this film, despite the um you know, some of the flaws that we touched on. Um mm. Which by no means is, uh, you know, a deterrent to not watch this film. I mean, it's a fucking banger of a film. Just yeah. my 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 honest closing critiques is what I've mentioned to recap from what I said earlier. I feel like it just just goes a little bit too long at just over two yeah. hours. Um, I feel like Benedict um, is a good bad guy, but he's not a great bad guy. Uh, in comparison to the Ripper, I felt like the Ripper yeah. we got so much promise, but so little screen time. So yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think if anything, if you're going to watch this movie, if you haven't seen it, I think you absolutely should. Yeah, but absolutely. I think don't go into it expecting a typical Arnie movie or even a typical '80s '90s action movie. I think you should go into this uh, viewing this as a movie that celebrates the magic of movies and cinema really because I, I mean i think at yeah. the end of the day that's that's what it is it is a celebration is. of you know the magic of cinema and you know its ability to provide escapism and you know touch people's lives and and stuff like that yeah, um, yeah it which is. i know sounds really deep and metaphysical and wanky but it's kind of true and yeah you know it's not in a pretentious way like i don't think you need a fucking degree to watch this movie and appreciate nah, it for what it is but so. you know i think you just sort of need to go in there with a certain set of expectations and you'll probably have a really good time with it i think so too man i i couldn't couldn't uh, add anything more to that if i tried i think that's fucking yeah bang on and it's a fucking cool movie um, like you said, the marketing behind this is huge. Fucking, we got the action figures, we got the fucking pinball machine, we got fucking. Oh, dude, dude. I mean, fuck, bro. I had an action. Fi- I mean, this this is how screwy the marketing for this movie was. I had an action figure of Jack Slater from this movie because I was like, you know, uh, fuck, man. I was like, I don't know, fourteen, fifteen when this came out, and I was like, an army toy. I've wanted an army toy since I was eight. Fuck it, I'm buying one. Yeah, and it was like Jack Slater with a fucking jetpack i'm like he didn't have a jetpack in the movie <laughs> well that's the, the toys thing lied to me funny thing about toys in the 90s um from movies a lot of the action figures were they just really went fucking out of control like i mean oh dude yeah they were nuts I mean, you've only got to talk about things like batman returns like some of the action figures in that you were just like what the fuck Oh, dude, I mean, even Jurassic Park. Like, I mean, I saw a Jeff Goldblum action figure with a bazooka. Like, the fuck's sake. You know, it's yeah, like, like, I don't remember Jeff Goldblum having a bazooka in the movie. I remember him having a leather jacket and spending the movie with his shirt yeah. half unbuttoned, being a smart ass. Like, 
there was some ridiculous fucking action figures in 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 the 90s man but um yeah oh, dude, we'll, it was a crazy fun time we'll definitely talk more about that in fucking future episodes for sure oh, but, fuck um, yeah fuck yeah yeah, this is definitely a good beer and pizza movie, kids. Uh, fucking Last Action Hero. Fucking, yeah, it's it's one of the, it is definitely one of the good ones. Um, not one of the great ones. It's just a good fucking film that just hits you in yeah. all the right places, man. Yeah, man. I, 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 I think so. And I, I like that. I, I really do. This is a movie that I have really grown to love a lot as I've gotten older. Um, mm. Probably because I'm, you know, a, a sad, decrepit old man who's approaching death. <laughs> Longs for the glory days. <laughs> when I was, to, to quote Zed from Police Academy, when I was young and beautiful. <laughs> oh, good um, times. No, it's 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 a it's a good it's a good flick, and uh, I do I do think it's you know uh, view, viewing this with a few sort of years of experience being an adult under your belt really gives you an appreciation for the the uh, words yeah for the flick and for you know Danny as a character as well. Um, it definitely prepares you with a better perspective of understanding. That's for sure. Oh, dude, fuck yeah, totes. Mm. Totally yeah. Goats. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, fuck yeah, dude. Well, this has been a this has been a rad episode, dude. This has been fucking oh, yeah. nice one. It's been a weird week of <laughs> two two um two movies, both mine in fucking weird fucking uh weirdness that uh, oh, I think I think it's parallels the perfect there. tone for this week, dude. It's it's yeah. been a strange, strange week. I mean, maybe it's just like leftover craziness from the. Uh, full moon on the weekend but i don't know possibly it's, is it's been a it's been a it's been a wacky strange week but, it really um, has man you know hey well, that, can, that can only get slightly more normal hey that's right man we will fight <laughs> we will fight the morosites for another day that's for sure we will overcome we'll, we'll fight them on the hills we'll fight them on the bridges <laughs> we'll fight them in the air conditioning because that's where they're weakest yeah, exactly, dude. Oh, uh, dude. Well, have yourselves all a rad weekend, everyone. Thanks to all of our we listeners. We shall see you all back here next week for Friday the 13th, part six, and something uh, else. Something else. But there's definitely going to be some uh, Def Leppard and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage conversation. Happening. Look, I think, I think that's a good prerequisite for next week's episode. I think definitely there. So. Whatever we, whatever movie we stack in with those two bad boy topics, I think it's going to be a fucking killer episode. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> well, have yourselves a rad weekend. Fucking like till next subscribe. time, kids. Yeah, exactly. Tell you, like, tell subscribe, tell your friends. Mm-hmm. And, Spread um, us around like a bad case of Morrissey. Yeah, and stay away from Morrissey Records, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids, don't do Morrissey. <laughs> or Morrissey will do you. <laughs> uh, terrifying thought. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Till then, adios amigos. See you later.